Welcome into the Irish NFL show, folks. Michael McQuinn, Colin Cronin. Hi, Colin. Brian O'Leary. Quad box coming up now. Mark Cockerell. Our final preview, a uh, divisional preview ahead of the new season, the NFC North. Uh, before we do that, we are presented by Cassidy Travel. They are Ireland's number one travel agents. If you want to travel to the US to go watch the NFL or Germany to watch and speak in Deutsch in Munich this November, check out Cassidy Travel. Google Cassidy Travel now or search on your search provider and find out or even hit them up for personalized quotes. Tell them Brian sent you from the Irish NFL show. This is going to be a new thing now. Uh, check out our podcast. Thanks for listening on the podcast. Folks, if you're listening on YouTube, please like, share, subscribe. Okay, we're going to go through each team in the NFC North. And then we're going to get our picks. And then we're going to sleep until the season starts. Colin, Green Bay Packers. Hell of an off-season in Green Bay. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, well, Aaron Rodgers got his uh, his contract. Who, who knows how long he'll be there for? He went off and celebrated with some ayahuasca. And I mean, look, the the thing is that he obviously was upset about the Jordan Love pick. But ever since the Jordan Love pick happened, he's played unbelievably. Um, so, you know, um, causation, correlation, who knows, but he sends the pick. He's almost 70% completion. He's over 8,000. He's almost 8,500 yards, 85 touchdowns, nine interceptions. The problem is when it's come to crunch time, um, they haven't been at it. Last season, 13-10 uh, to the California boys in Lambeau, and the, the, the boys from the Sunshine State came up, and they absolutely shut that Packers offense down. Um, you couldn't blame it on the the defense they did their job but between special teams and the offense it it cost them um they the defense should be even better this year in terms of guys they're getting back they've made the changes um look to special teams coordinator adams is gone the guys have probably discussed that but aaron Rodgers, it's you know i mean the the wide receiver room the great qbs make those around them better can aaron Rodgers? elevate the wide receivers and the tight ends he's got a couple of great running backs it's the wide receivers the tight ends can he elevate them can he get back to the super bowl that surely has to be the expectation yeah Colin called out all the strong numbers in which he's had over the past few years i'd be very keen to see how much of that was related to the relationship which he struck up with Devontae adams before he moved on because with all due respect to the players in which they have, and you look at Valdez Scantling, for me, inconsistent over a number of years. Uh, Sammy Watkins, I mean, I think he's been around the house. He was talking about retiring before he got the opportunity to go to Green Bay. Adam Nazard, Randall Cobb. I mean, Randall Cobb was brought back for all due respect because Rogers wanted him back, you know. Otherwise, he wasn't coming back. And then there was talking about full falling on a wide receiver in the first round. They had two first round picks, and they go Key Walker and Devontae White on defense. And, and they're two great players, don't get me wrong. And they probably have a really strong career in, in Green Bay. And the defense will get better because, you know, Dev Campbell, Kenny Clark, these Smiths, like all really strong players. That defense was really good last year. And the year before that, there was a lot of question marks about that defense in particular that came against the Bucks, which they lost. So last year, that all changed. And in all likelihood, it will continue to improve. Then, there's a few that have come in. Obviously, Christian Watson, the wide receiver, has come in the second round. So there's a lot of talk of him. Late fourth, early second. So he's gone in the round where people thought. Romeo Dobbs, fourth, fourth round pick. Not expected to him. And Tanya's coming back off an ACL who 
that year was really strong as, as a tight end. So Calabria, if that's going to work, all these players are getting a mix of the ball. Yeah, they've got a very strong offense, but he's always had that one guy which you go to, which is the you know the game changer. In a number of games in the division over the years where things were tight in Minnesota or even some games against Detroit that where they were ranked close, Devontae Adams was obviously that key factor. And he said in the offseason, oh, I knew about the trade. He did not put that trade. Come on. Who are you kidding? He took that deal thinking Devontae Adams was coming back. And a week or so later, he's traded. And it changed the whole dynamic of the team. And last week, the week prior to that, whatever it was, he came out and we discussed it on our show about is it a good thing or a bad thing that he's been critical of the players, you know? Is he just saying it in the public domain? But behind doors, he's putting his arm around them. Well, judging by the way he goes on and the nature of his press conference and his perceived attitude to things, I don't think he's the type of quarterback who will be putting his arm around any wide receiver. And he did say last week, if you bloody catch the ball, you won't be on the field. Well, as I said on the show, is that not the responsibility of the head coach and the, and the offensive coordinator to make a decision who's on the field as opposed to Aaron Rodgers? Look, they're, they're going to win the division, in my opinion, because overall, strong. they've got a strong defense. It'll be very interesting to see how this offense goes on this year. And they've got two, as Colm said, they've got two really strong running backs in Dylan and Jones. So they probably will be all right. But again, playoff time is when it really matters. And that's where I think the stumbling block will come. So I should be positive. Say, like I, I should be positive. They're going to win the division. The Rodgers probably have a great season, but I just think there's still still too many unknowns for me with this team. And I think we'll see early on in the season. It'd be interesting to see how quickly the offense gets going. I mean, that was that was pretty comprehensive, Brian. Going through the whole the whole roster and the whole pros and cons. So I'm just going to try and focus on three people when it comes to the Packers. One, don't let this go under the radar. David Bakhtiari. Ever since he got his well-deserved deal as one of the best tackles in the NFL, he hasn't been healthy. Last season, he played a whole 27 snaps. Now, if he comes back healthy, fantastic. Green skies ahead, for blue skies ahead for Green Bay. Um, however, if he doesn't, like he is actually under the microscope this year because he gets a 9.5 million roster bonus in March next year. So that's a very important part, but also a very important part that they need him back to where he used to be. The second person we talk about, uh, Mike uh, Batmafleur, I mean, taken after his uh, brother Peter from his famous dodgeball victory uh, back in that wonderful film. Um, but he has been lights out as a head coach, obviously coming into the league, aided by the amazing player Aaron Rodgers. But they haven't got it done in the playoffs. And the same criticism that we and many others labeled Aaron Rodgers equally could be put at the foot of Mr. LaFleur as well. And then lastly, it is inevitable. And anything to do with Green Bay, for good, bad, or indifferent, it does come back to Aaron. We're talking about the Bucs. We're it's all about Tom. We're talking about various teams. That's because of Roger's greatness. And I'll say this out loud. He is one of the greats, but he's one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks. And the same, you know, aspect that used to be thrown at Dan Marino, used to be thrown at Peyton Manning until obviously he he won a ring and then he got his second, obviously, with the Broncos later in his career, um, is can you do it when it really matters in the postseason when it really counts? We started this show in October 2020, guys, and we were saying this postseason, Rogers really has to do it. It's all on him. It's about his legacy. We were saying in 2021, we're now in 2022, and we're saying the exact same thing. Um, and for me, there was an interesting debate. You're going to hate this, Michael, because I know I'm going on longer than you'd like me to, but there's an interesting debate at the cricket the other day. Michael Atherton was talking about 
is leadership something that's inherent or can you learn leadership? So we're talking about the differences in cricketing captains, for example, between Ben Stokes and other people that have gone before them. And I thought that was a fascinating topic. Think about it in the NFL and the quarterbacks. Is it that you need your quarterback to be an innate leader that's embedded in their soul, that they just lead in terms of their natural capabilities and abilities? Again, I can refer to, as you like to refer to him, Colin, PFM, as being a natural leader in that regard. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, yada, yada, yada. But Aaron Rodgers, in so many things he does, so many criticisms, so many reasons why when they go out of the playoffs, it's not his fault, it's someone else's fault. I question whether or not he has that inherent leadership and indeed whether he ever really wants to learn it. Is he humorous with the media? Yes, yeah, sometimes I did like the Cameron Poe bit during the offseason, I have to admit, dressing up as Nick Cage from Con Air was, was a nice touch. Um, but he also likes to engage in a, a philosophy almost where he likes to think himself above the media and the immunization scandal, if you can call it that, or nonsense last year was a prime example of that. Um, and he should be scrutinized more for that stuff. But what he does on the field during the regular season is transcendent and has been and will continue to be. What he does on the field in the postseason is less than transcendent. It's, you know, in the seventh circle, ninth circle of hell. Uh, and he's down there with Dante's Inferno. And it was with him whether Green Bay fly to the heavens or burn in the fiery pits of hell once more. I think your Wi-Fi was about to count there, all that talking. Uh, didn't know you are a big cricket fan, Mark. Right. Um, Green Bay special teams were one of the worst in the league last year in terms of DVOA measurement in the modern era of the NFL. They've got Aaron Jones, who's great. I like the core of Christian Watson, Alan Lazar, Randall Cobb. They're going to win the NFC North, and they're going to lose in the divisional round again. It's a merry-go-round. Uh, honestly, lads, I'm at the point now where it will happen. I do you know what I'll I'll say it. Aaron Rodgers is not going to win another ring. It's not going to happen. So come at me, Packers fans, and screenshot this when we're sitting in Arizona. It's not happening. And if anything, the performance in Green Bay in January in the snow was like I was disappointed. Never mind Packers fans. Column a team that are trying to fix themselves, and um, we had the head coach on recently is, is the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are going into an interesting season because if you know if they can get the most out of Kirk Cousins, they can challenge for this division. Yeah, look, the Vikings, um, as Florida says, have lived in purple, purple purgatory for so long. They've moved on from Mike Zimmer. It sounds like things under Zimmer were horrific. Eric Kendricks uh, said it was fear-based leadership. It sounds like it was absolutely toxic between Cousins and uh, between Zimmer. He gets Kevin O'Connell in, somebody he's worked with before, Um if if you want, uh, you know, um, it's it's unlikely, but imagine it were to happen. If Kev, if Kirk Cousins clicked with Kevin O'Connell and with the receivers that they have, Justin Jefferson, Thielen is uh, supposedly, uh, you know, uh, looking as good as he has since 2018. Um, they, they've got some nice pieces uh, there. Their final six opponents are the Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers and Bears. Outside of the Packers, that's that's pretty okay lineup. Um, is there is there any reason, given the money he's on, should we not be saying Kirk Cousins 
could be capable of an MVP season. Not that he will, not not that he should, but could Kirk Cousins be capable of it? Stranger things have happened. The other thing I think for the Vikings is in Daniil Hunter and Zedarius Smith, they have an incredible one-two punch. Um, I have pass rushers. Problem for those guys, can they stay on the field uh, long enough? If, if they are fit for... 12, 13 games, um, the Vikings uh, could be um, serious, but there definitely are concerns with some holes on the roster, particularly on the O-line, and also, I suppose, with those pass rushes that I mentioned. It is, as you mentioned, Michael, it's going to be an interesting year for them. So, uh, Colin has said there, if it, if it clicks between himself, uh, Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell, it, it, it'll be fine. It's like when you, you click with, a, with a, a female or, you know, a, a lady back in the day and you think she's lovely. And then after a couple of months, you quickly realise that she's not what you thought she was initially. And you're, you're happy to see or move on and you find yourself a nice uh, reliable girlfriend in the long run so um, you know this was what this is what we're going to see I guarantee be three or four, first two months it'll be fine Kirk Cousins will be playing reasonably well everything will be positive and the minute there's any the next game where there's any type of adversity on Cousins that's when the, the trouble comes. If we talk about players in the league who try to toys out of pram he's probably one of the worst I mean okay fine Zimmer last year was the fear factor but he got criticised internally not in public now in the press conference, it was a private conversation. He got criticised by Zimmer about his performance that game. He wouldn't talk for, to him for a week. They then went and beat the Lions. I think it was whoever. It was someone low, low key. And he went into Zimmer's office and said, "Well, what did you think of that?" I mean, seriously, this guy like ridiculous. And like, like let's be fair, Kevin O'Connell's got the job. Yeah, fairness on the back of a very good time in, in LA. But he didn't play call. He wasn't doing all the play calling. If you, if you read the Sean McVay reports, he had a real stranglehold in terms of what he was calling. He's got the job because he has a relationship with Kirk Cousins dating back to 2017. Colin touched on the relationship, but it was back in 2017, from their time in Washington, and they feel they can get the best out of him because the inconsistency of this team starts at the quarterback. There was games last year where they were heavy favourites and they were beaten, and then they got beaten by the Lions You know, in Detroit in that game, which was great for all Lions fans, their first win. But it just, again, showed up the inconsistencies of this team. And it's not him, it's Dalvin Cook. You know, he looks one week like he's a world beater, and then the next week he's he doesn't do anything, and his tailing looks great, and then he doesn't do anything. Offensive line is great one week, it's back the next defence shows up one week. Vikings fans, we say, oh, that's the defense we knew that was there. The following week, they let they give up 25, 40 points. It'll be the same this season. Fundamentally, they might be a little bit better with a new head coach and things will look a little bit better. And and people will say they'll run the, the Packers close. And they probably might even beat the Packers in week one because they're playing at home to them. And anything, anything can go in week one. But I'd say by week seven, week eight, things will fall back into a similar pattern for Vikings fans. Clear frustration. We'll see it when we go over to, to uh, London in week four when you play the Saints. I don't see them making the playoffs. I think they will win games because of the division which they're in. But they won't be there come December when it counts. I, I can't be the only one that was listening to Brian's analogy and thinking he was about to finish with, but then you marry the girl and everything's great. It was just, it was almost like the build up to that. I, I thought you were about to, yeah, I was being thought of that. Um, but, but I'll give you a slightly different analogy. You remember Gordon Ramsay when he used to do um, his kitchen nightmares? Every kitchen, it, the same solution applied to whatever he saw. It was simplify the menu, refresh the decor, and, oh, yeah, buy in local, local ingredients, right? 
the reality is this Vikings turnaround is going to be in a slightly different way. They're going to keep the exact same ingredients. They just want to change the chef and the chef to suddenly whip up an amazing meal out of nowhere. That doesn't just apply to Kevin O'Connell, by the way, on the offense. And bear in mind, the Vikings still have the best, in my opinion, one-two punch at wide receiver that exists in the league. When you consider Justin Jefferson and Thielen together, um, he has the ingredients, there is no doubt. But it also applies on defense because getting rid of Zimmer doesn't just mean getting rid of him as head coach. It also means they're abandoning his defensive scheme. They're not going to have this aggressive 4-3 uh, defensive front like Zimmer used to put on with a lot of pressure, which indeed, in many respects, continue on a good tradition of very passionate, strong, um, uh, aggressive defensive fronts in uh, uh, Minnesota, going back to the Purple Eaters of the 70s, for example. But they're going to flip now more to a 4-3-4, two high safety, and the Pat Darabold was also come in and... That's going to be an interesting adjustment as well. I mean, they can't be much worse than they were last year. They gave up twenty; they were twenty fourth in terms of points allowed last year. So that change could, in fact, be more significant than all the focus we have on flipping from a defensive-minded head coach to an offensive-minded head coach and what he could do on offense, what he could do on defense, uh, and changing that up is possibly the more fascinating thing. I have to say, guys, I mean, obviously, during my uh, Tom Brady-esque uh, sojourn during the offseason, some of the guests that have been on the Irish NFL show have been out of this world, and one of them, uh, Kevin O'Connell, who came on, I can't help but feel like, you know, you almost root for him. He was such a great guest and such a great guy, given some of the answers and some of the transparency, but also you, you can almost tell the passion and the, the, the thought process, the intellect behind it all. I, I couldn't help but watch that and kind of just feel uh, a rooting interest to see him on a personal level succeed. Now, I'm not going to Michael McQuaid levels of supporting the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, the way he has that kind of second team syndrome going on there, but uh, on a personal level as well, I'd like to see the uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell succeed, even if maybe the Vikings um, cooking doesn't necessarily go completely to plan. Okay, uh, we got. I think we got all of that apart from the last three words that it was excellently said. So fa- thank you very much, Mark. Uh, I like what the Vikings have done this season. I like the fact that they've had the balls to not go out and tear everything down and actually try and rebuild it a bit. Um, you know, at the end of the day, take away Kirk Cousins for a second. When you get Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Feeling, KJ Osborne, Jesus, I mean, Kirk Cousins turns up, plays eighty percent of what he can actually do at a maximum level. This team makes the playoffs this year. Um, They've added in Zedaria Smith opposite Danielle Hunter. You know, it's it's really really intriguing to see. I'm in, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how Lewis seen. I can't. How do you pronounce that last name? Cena? Sin? I need that one to you, Michael. I need that one to you. Well, I look. They really needed to get somebody younger uh, in terms of well age and athleticism and defense. He's really really good. He's got a lot of. Um, sort of potential so I'm interested to see I mean the thing that the Vikings are going from are that they're in a division with the Lions and the Bears this sounds very similar to the Cowboys talk I had earlier on about the NFCs they got eight, I have them going over ten and a half wins and not winning the NFC North which is nuts I have them as a wild card team they're going to win 11 games mm. okay yeah. So, to make I, I well, I I'll, I'll go back to what Colin said about the expectation for Kirk Cousins. 
you know, the money he's on, he's now got a guy that worked with Sean McVay. Is he going to go in with, like, some of the early Sean McVay stuff? Is he going to go in with the offense that Sean McVay used last year in that Super Bowl run? Or is he going to try and maybe blend the two into his own sort of hybrid offense scheme that nobody's seen before? There is a huge ceiling for this team. And I still think that the Packers will just win the division, but the Vikings will just, the Vikings will be just behind them. But what I would say is, like, um, you're talking about the contract and the, mon- the money's earning, and you're right, you should be performing at a high level, bearing money, which is getting paid. But we've seen quarterbacks in the league underperform on massive contracts, but the difference being they've got the right attitude as a quarterback. He doesn't have the right attitude as a quarterback. He's actually very negative to his team. And maybe it's uh, changed with these new lads coming in. Well, I'll go back to Gordon Ramsay's thing. There is episodes, Mark, where there was one other little extra to those episodes. They just get rid of the bloody chef. And maybe it's time to just get rid of the bloody quarterback and move on from him. We'll see. Well, you say that, Brian, though, but there is one context. Bear in mind, he's going back to context from Washington because you say about Sean McVay offense. It's not really Sean McVay offense. It's Kyle Shanahan offense, which in turn is a Mike Shanahan offense. But you think about all these guys together in Washington. Kirk Cousins is adapted and used to these concepts and things like that. So there is a a common theme or thread. I also should say a D coordinator is Ed Donatel. Sorry, I completely messed up his name, by the way. So. Just a just a pre-correct for the Vikings fans. fans. Who's next? The Bears. Oh God! Right, go on. Go on. Just quickly before, before we go well. before we go into the Bears, because um, Mark just uh, said it. The Mike Shanahan uh, offense, which is the offense that the majority of teams in the league are running these days, Mike Shanahan passed over once again for the Hall of Fame. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, He has the Super Bowl rings. He has the influence. Anyway, the Bears. um, Let's go back. January 2019, the double dunk. If that goes over, how different could life be? It's like Hank and Brig and Bob Collin. How, yeah, how different. It didn't, though. Uh, and, and instead, the, the factory of sadness, uh, I think, may have moved 300 miles uh, from Detroit to Chicago. Um, new, new regime, um, but the issue is they're dealing with the legacy of the Ryan Pace era. So in seven seasons with Ryan Pace in charge, the Bears finished above 500 just once. And last season was their fourth with double-digit losses. How about that? Uh, then in the uh, in the course of this offseason, there's the injuries. There's Roquan requesting a trade. There's the O-line woes. Um, and then there's the fact that they gave, uh, gave up a league-high 58 sacks last year. 58 sacks. So you go and you get your franchise QB and you hang them out to dry. You give them nobody to throw to. You give them um, no protection. It is utterly ridiculous. Um, there's also the fact that for some reason, refs are allowing him get hit. He's tried sliding a number of times in preseason. He's got hit a number of times and refs have just allowed it to, to happen. I feel sorry for um, Bears fans. I feel sorry for Justin Fields. The Bears aren't doing anything this year. It's all eyes on 2023 when they'll have about a hun- over 100 million in cap space. This is about looking to see who might be there. Um, but I, it's it's really difficult for for the Bears and and everyone involved there because the mess they found themselves in. 
they'll go after Kirk Cousins for that 100 million. Well, look, I see the Bears in I see the Bears in a similar position to the Giants. You touched on like they're in line. They brought a new GM. They brought a new head coach. You talked about the fact they're going to have a strong opportunity next year in terms of financially financial support for free agency because they're they're ravaged this year. They're not just like players they've let it go. They they haven't replaced three players from the interior on the defense for free agents. Uh, I think one went to the Bengals immediately on day one. The other two were signed in a fortnight. Khalil Mack was traded to the Chargers. Um, they're expecting a lot from, from Quinn defensively to step up. They're moving to a new defensive style, 4-3 defense with the new head coach coming from Indianapolis. It's the first time they've had that defensive style in Chicago since 2014. And then you, you touched on the offensive line. I mean, even if Justin Fields gets the opportunity to get the ball down the field, who's he trying to? Because Adam Robinson's gone. Darnell Mooney and Byron Pringle. So Byron Pringle in his own right is probably a good pick up in free agency. He's come from the Chiefs. Darnell Mooney and, and Byron Pringle are the only two players on the panel on the squad, on the roster, that had more than 10 catches last year. The rest haven't had it. So they're, they're dealing with a very inexperienced team in terms of the, the wide receiver punch. There was a thing a few weeks ago where they had eight wide receivers in camp and then they went and got a ninth and that was Nikhil Hardy in the trade. And then he gets injured and he's gone from November. So right now the squad is so thin. And offensive line hasn't been they haven't done a lot there. The one thing I would give Joe Shane on the Giants side credit is the difference, I think, is Giants have built a brand new offensive line. Uh, it might work. It should work. Hopefully it works. The Bears haven't done that. They've just left Justin Fields to to die out there on, on his own on an island. And, you know, like, well, I know we've had a few jokes and gimmicks about the fact that he's supposed to be the second coming, but he is. He looks like a really good quarterback. And unfortunately for him, he might not get the time he needs to, to get the ball out there. And so there's going to be struggles. It's going to be a long season for them as well. Um, I see no more than four to five wins. I think the Bears will probably surprise a couple of games, but ultimately, they just don't have enough players to make big plays and make get in there and make big wins against the likes of the Packers and other teams that they play along the way. Brian, I, I have to admit, I feel sorry for Bears fans. How, how many years have we been saying, or as you know, neutral fans been saying, the Bears need to fix the O-line? The Bears need to fix the O-line. Yet again, we go into another season, and again, it's the same thing. They need to fix the O-line. The problem is this season, like last season, it, you're talking about a young, potentially franchise-changing quarterback they're not protecting correctly and anymore because they haven't invested in it, whether in draft stock or otherwise. Look at the recent draft. They completely abolished kind of any attention to the O-line or indeed offense generally for the first few rounds. And then they kind of threw a last, I think it was a couple of sixth round, seventh round picks at the O-line, hoping to hit a bit of uh, gold, you know, in the lower rounds necessarily. Um, that isn't a way to build a team around Justin Fields. And I don't want this to be a moratorium on Justin Fields because he hasn't had the time, like a Daniel Jones or like others, for us to make a fully informed decision or viewpoint on him. He wasn't great as a rookie. I mean, he had seven TDs to 10 inceptions. He did have great flashes at times. Uh, he showed off in, I think it was the 49ers game. He ran for over 100 yards. He showed off that part of his game. He definitely showed off great arm strength and capability in a couple of games. But you can't properly evaluate him when even last season he didn't have the targets, when even last season he didn't have the O-line. And pay, uh, sorry, not Pace, Ryan Poles, Ryan P, it's going to get confusing. Um, Ryan Poles and uh, Matt Eberfluss have kind of said, oh, we're going to do this in a graduated fashion. We're going to be very reassuring. They try to make it one big splash in free agency. And uh, Larry, um, I'm not going to try and say his surname, <laughs> but that deal got voided because of failed medical. So it is true that if you didn't have a franchise quarterback, maybe the slow and incremental improvement on the roster would make sense. But it, 
I, I just don't understand the logic. You've got the potential franchise quarterback there, so you invest behind him during his rookie season. They haven't taken any bold steps in relation to it, and I question some of the logic behind that, to say the least. Um, I think you you guys kind of sum up, and Colin, you did a great job of summing up, I think some of the, the questionable decisions in relation to um, their strategy and their structure and also the inherent weaknesses that exist. It's a kind of a semi-blow-up. Um, and I feel a little bit for Justin Fields that they're not building around him, but they're blowing up and trying to mold it on the fly uh, around him, looking to 23, looking to 24, but certainly not looking to 2022. I was fortunate enough to visit the city of Chicago last year and for the Bears to allow me to uh, take part in media, and it was a, it was an honour. And I, I love Soldier Field, and quite frankly, Chicago is my favourite city in America. And I, I love it. I, I would love nothing more than this Bears team to do well because of that. Because they're a historic franchise. This is the worst team in the NFL by a country mile. By a country mile. In my opinion. Justin Fields is entering his second season. And they're worse than the Jets, lads. There is no offensive line here at all to protect the slab and what's what's going to happen are we going to get to november mid-november and everyone's like oh well justin fields might not be the answer well if you're if you're not going to give him a chance and protect them what the hell's the point like it goes back to what mark said about year one like what's the building blocks what's the point they finished 30th in pressures last season but third in sacks i mean lads like you know like how many stats have we got that are misleading here you, you could class in terms of a positive Cole Komet is a positive in terms of he could have a breakout season or a real improved season but Justin Fields is not going to have time or space to throw to it's not going to happen I, like there's way too many questions going on there's schedule I cannot pick any more than three wins for this team in the schedule I hope I'm proven wrong but unfortunately, you know, as much as Jaquan Brisker, Kyle Gordon coming in are positives for fans. I know there's loads of Bears fans watch this show. It's all about next year and it's all about the year after as well. This, if, the, if, if I said or classed the New York Giants at the minute as maybe a four to five year project and they're going in a positive direction, the Bears are, the Bears are in the first steps of that project uh, with the first pick next year. At the minute for me, it's the Bears. Shocking situation. I just focus on just want to focus on the week one game. So they're playing the 49ers at home, and on paper, it's a, it's a write off. You'd expect the 49ers to win. You know, defensively, you look at that game straight away, and how Justin Fields is going to get. He's going to be on pressure, continuous pressure throughout the game. But the storyline of that game is going to be the Trey Lance, Justin Fields storyline, because they both came in with the same draft. Fields went to 11. I mean, at nine, Denver, we felt Denver were going to take him. They didn't take him. They went with Patrick, Patrick Satane, and then he. Then the Bears moved up, traded up to 11. And the 49ers traded up in that draft as well. So two quarterbacks that went because of because of trades and teams moving aggressively up the, up the ladder. Like That's going to be a start in week one. It'll be strange to see how they perform because one is going to be ranked on the basis of the 49ers team should be going to the Super Bowl. The other one's going to be ranked as the basis of a team that's not going to do much this season. It'll be interesting to see how they both play on the day and then how their, how their career season goes from there. And just to make a point on, I think uh, someone mentioned Trevor Simeon at the start of the show, or at the start of the segment. Trevor Simeon's a Super Bowl champion, and if you're a Bears fan, you're going to see a lot of him this season because Justin Fields is a couple of hits away, and it's not right on Justin Fields. 
because if he was in a different situation in a different city he might actually have an offensive line and a bit of chance because if I was a quarterback and if you gave me an average enough wide receiver tight end core and you had yeah, and you gave me an offensive line I'd be a happy enough man shocking shocking situation in Chicago and quite frankly I feel for Bears fans Colin Detroit they're going in the positive direction yeah you're on mute my friend they've literally made you speechless speechless uh, we're at that stage uh, t- it tells when it comes to uh, to, to the, the end of this but in fairness the the Lions um, I think yeah they are going a positive way um, or, or certainly it seems that way and Michael you've talked there I suppose about how important it is to f- to land in the right spot okay because you can have all the talent in the world but if you're put in a situation where you can't um, show it uh, then that's a, a, a real um, issue and in terms of what the Lions did in, in taking in Hutchinson, that should be a good fit. And they should, you know, he scheme-wise and in terms of culture in particular, um, that should be work really well. Um, you know, we we wondered last year with Dan Campbell, was it just a gimmick, right? He's very entertaining. He ha- always uh, a, a man who has more quips than Mark Cockrell uh, when he gets up in front of a microphone. But the players responded to him. You know, I mean, this is the team that rallied after um, an 0 and 10 and 1 start. Um, and they, they fought to the finish pretty much every week for the guy. Um, and they were really encouraging kind of second half to the the season. So, um, look, they have a good O-line in, in stark contrast to the Bears. Um, they have some decent running backs. Um, and they have some talent um, um, amongst the, the wide receivers. Uh, they, I think, probably made the wise decision in this draft in terms of what they wanted to do. They decided the the QB wasn't there. So they, they went with Hutchinson. They said they'd go with another year with Goff. Now, they're aided because they have an extra pick next year from Stafford trade. So I think this is a huge year for Jared Goff if he is to remain a starter in the league. He'll always have a job as a backup, right? Because um, that's how it works. But if he wants to be a starter... Um, he, this is this is it for for him. I I do think they are um, going in in the right direction. I am really interested to see what year two under Dan Campbell looks like. The fact that they spent six of their eight picks on on defense, I think, tells where he feels a lot of the issues are. Um, but yeah, I think if you're a Lions fan, you're going into this season with more hope than you've had in quite a while. Collins is on the offensive line and the. The, last, the start of last season wasn't helped. He lost the centre for the entire season and Frank Ragnow and then uh, Taylor Decker was injured. He was another strong, solid guy on the line and he was in and out of the team which impacted on Penny Sewell who we spoke about last year who was traded fifth in that draft. He was mixed around. He had a solid season but he had to flip around different positions. So the offensive line throughout the course of last season was in flux for large parts which didn't allow Goff to really play in his game. And the fairness to Goff, as much as we have been critical of him in the past, the Lions is a good fit for him. You know, the expectation levels there. If he gets the support around him, he can win games for him. And you talk, yeah, six out of eight picks in the draft for defense, but one I would point to is offense, and that's the one James Williams, the wide receiver. I mean, they went from 31 in the draft up to 12 to get him. And a lot, a lot of people felt that he was the best wide receiver in the draft. And the reason why he was down the pecking order was because of that injury during his time in Alabama. So, in, uh, I'm on St. Brown had a really strong last se- opening season. They've got players, they've got talent. Dan Campbell, 
Yeah, you can be a little bit infuriating to this. You know, if you watched, uh, had the opportunity to watch Hard Knocks, um, taking him or leaving, a bit like. Anyway, I'll move on. Um, he's a bit. It's not for me, but um, I can see what players will rally around them. Um, I do think the Lions will win more games than the Bears this season anyway. I think the Lions are moving in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, maybe five, six wins, but um, it's managed expectations because some people are going to... I saw one, one guy last week saying they're going to win nine games and potentially go for the playoffs. I think that's a bit early in the process to be suggesting they're going to be that strong of a side, but I think better days ahead for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, nine games. Let's remember Jared Goff is their quarterback. Let's just just calm the Jets there a little bit. Um, The problem for the Lions, as so many teams, as so many of our teams potentially at times, it's always the hope that kills you. It's the hope and the subsequent dashing of that on the the rocks of despair that kind of uh, causes the pain. And unfortunately, Lions fans have had that for ages. I know, um, Colin, you were transporting the factory of sadness away from Cleveland, up from Detroit, up oh, as far as Chicago. I think Detroit fans and indeed Cleveland fans would still claim uh, uh, that tagline for a little bit longer. Um, but there are green shoots. Absolutely. Hutchinson falling in the right place and potentially what Campbell has been doing. Last season, you guys took the mick and you rightly took the mick on a few of my picks because I saw the green shoots coming from the Lions. I mean, let's think they nearly beat the Ravens, except Justin Tucker kicked a NFL record field goal. Um, There were so many near misses at different times. And yes, just when I thought they were about to break out, for example, against Philadelphia Eagles, that was mentioned recently, they uh, obviously got absolutely annihilated. But he has that team playing hard. There are so many little touches during last season that kind of made you feel like that franchise is starting to turn the corner, starting to, to move back into the right direction. They still need a quarterback. Um, Jared Goff is not a long-term answer, I'm afraid, um, and they will go for him uh, in due course in the 2023 draft. Um, but green shoots, keep hoping, Detroit, and I hope for your sakes it doesn't kill you a little bit further this season. There are a number of quarterbacks this season like Jared Goff that are playing for their positions. We could... We can rhyme them off, Mark. But uh, I, I, I for one, would like to see Jargoff have an improved season. At the end of the day, the Lions, you know, took him in as their own in that trade deal. And he's got, all, you know, well, there, there's no excuses now, is there? There's a fresh offensive line there. It's on him. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, he's not going to be a viable starter around the league. And, and props to Dan Campbell for, for giving Jargoff the, the time this season because clearly there's something there in the hard knocks that I've watched it that they believe in him uh, I've really enjoyed watching Dan Campbell in hard knocks because he looks like a coach that is a is, is a people's guy he's it's clear that from what I've seen at least on limited tape with that that the players play for him and you, you could see at times last season that there were improvements where there weren't before and granted yes they only won three games and they tied one to be fair uh, seeing the emergence of St. Brown the potential of TJ Hawkinson at tight end there are ways for this team to go in a, in, in a positive direction if they can get a good combination between uh, the running game of DeAndre Swift and maybe seeing a more expanded role for DJ Chark let's see what happens I really can't wait to see how Hutchinson plays as well so it's going to be an interesting season and this, this is why if anybody's still watching this in terms of like the Bears and what I and and how I made that comment earlier on, this Lions team are miles ahead of where that Bears team is. 
and that's in such a short period of time of what Dan Campbell has done and as a credit to him I have him going over six and a half wins I think that's fair enough okay um, I thought Brian had a point but he didn't thank you very much for that Brian you big, you big fan of Hard Knocks yeah yeah no 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 I don't really enjoy the program to be honest it's um, there well, let's get some hard knocks now and uh, go through our picks, our final divisional picks. Uh, NFC North column, who have you got? Uh, Packers will win it, I think. Then the Vikings, and I have the Lions jumping above the Bears this year. I'm a column, exactly the same. Packers, Vikings, Lions with the Bears, propping them up at the bottom. Let's make it a hat trick, exact same for me. Channel four, go Lazo, make it four. Um, Packers top, Vikings very, very close behind. Middle of the road for the Lions, and I put the Bears making the first pick in the draft next year. I think they're going to be atrocious, and I hope that they can give Justin Fields another year because he deserves it. But they won't. Chicago will do Chicago, and Bears will go somewhere else. Maybe. Oh, well, well, Michael, I'll tell you one thing. If Justin Fields is the answer and they are picking number one next year, well, then they're going to get a ransom because someone will want that quarterback and someone will hand over Fields, give them a couple of number ones and that will allow them to continue to rebuild. And it's definitely, for me, it's a complete reset mode in Chicago. They should clear the whole turf out. Anywho, that's us for now. Uh, YouTube, search Irish NFL Show. If you're listening on podcast, please like, share, subscribe. If you can give us a rating on the podcast, folks, uh, leave a comment on your provider. It really does mean a lot to us, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave a rating as well. Really appreciate it. Um, that's it for the divisional previews. You can get divisional previews on the podcast format, on our YouTube, interact with us on Twitter at IRE. NFL and all these buckos here as well on various social media platforms Instagram Irish NFL show TikTok at NFL Ireland for some fun videos and we'll see you soon as we get closer to the NFL season and Mark looked very surprised at that TikTok comment yes Mark we're on TikTok a lot's changed in six months see you soon